0: Eight years ago, three nerds created a little independent wrestling podcast that could, but over time, that podcast has grown into not just covering wrestling, but all things under the Nerd rainbow. From Marvel to the Muppets, from Frank Sinatra
1: to Count Shaka, from Mickey Mouse to
0: CM Punk.
1: Now, here is some combination of Chad, Zach, and Luna, as we welcome you to the IndieCast, all nerd, all the time, exclusively on The W.
0: Greetings, guys, gals, non-binary pals. Uh, welcome to, once again to the IndyCast. Chad Allen, Zach Romero, both here with you. Uh, Zach, how you doing this evening? Not too bad, Chadley. Not too bad. How are you? I am wonderful. It was a. Uh, how was your July fourth? Your July fourth week. Were you feeling very patriotic and celebratory?
1: Absolutely not.
0: I spent okay. the. I spent the
1: entire day at the shoot job filming. Uh, basically my boss just flexing how much money he's got and I just sweat my ass off and filmed boring shit. So, uh, that was how I spent my
0: summer vacation. There we go. Yeah. We, uh, we went out and saw fireworks on Saturday and yeah, we, we hit. Were you ever, were you a big fireworks kid at all when you were young or no? Uh, I remember going to them, but I don't remember being, ever being like super like, yeah, fireworks. Like, so. So, no, I guess not officially. So, were you a so, fireworks
1: kid? No, not really. I mean, um, I think I probably got burned by a sparkler once. Um, I'm pretty stupid, so, like, putting me in charge of fireworks is not a great call. Right. Uh, I know that Luna is absolutely staunchly against fireworks. Always has been. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just uh, to be perfectly honest... I don't know I've ever met anybody who's been, like, super into fireworks.
0: Though um, I, I will – I do have a firework story, and I will derail the show briefly with my fireworks story here. Um, when I lived in Maryland uh, at the time, uh, fireworks uh, were illegal. They are uh, not they, – they then uh, have unleashed it to whichever county wants to determine if they're illegal or not now. So they've changed the rules. But at the time, in the state of Maryland, all fireworks were illegal. Um, But my friends and I had figured out that if you drove just across the border into Pennsylvania, and I mean just across the border, uh, there was a phantom fireworks right there. Hmm. So my friends and I all pooled together some money, and we dove into uh, a friend of mine's car that was officially dubbed the bomb because it was held together by, like, duct tape and and Bondo and stuff like that. And we drove it over the, the state line into Pennsylvania And bought a bunch of fireworks and brought them back over. Well, another friend of mine uh, ran a place called the Isaac Walton League, which is a like a gun. It's like a gun range in the middle of nowhere. You can shoot trap and target practice and uh, arrows and stuff like that. So it's this big lay of land out in the middle of nowhere in Maryland. So there was a lake that we could go down to that had a fence to to lock so in the event that somebody did hear our fireworks going off they couldn't get down there anyway so we're all around this lake and um we had this like circle of cars and we were lighting off these fireworks and we would all kind of hide behind the cars while the fireworks were going off just in case something went the wrong way Mm -hmm. so we had one this big one it was round about a say eight inches across the top and circular Uh, That was called Killer Bees And I'll still remember this to this day Um, So we set Killer Bees out on the ground And we lit it We all went behind the cars And waited And waited And nothing happened Hmm. So we all went well shit It's a dud So we all came out We're all coming around We're getting ready to move this thing And then boom the thing went off And fired all over the place And you've got fat kids diving Like behind cars Like we're in a war zone uh, it was the scariest thing in the planet, but we all had a good laugh after it because thank God nobody got hurt. But legitimately, it like blew up just as we all got around like a circle of it and sent off these little like yellow bee looking um, uh, like, you know, fireworks sparks. And that's that's what it was. But I, I still remember to this day killer bees because of that. And a bunch of us almost dying. So probably why mm-hmm. I don't play around with fireworks all that often. And,
1: anymore. you know, it's true what they say. Fuck the bee, Brian Blair.
0: That's right. So. But so, uh, Zach, let's see, what did we have topic wise today? We've had a few things we've been looking to cover and haven't in a little while. Uh, And since we don't have a guest this week, we are working on one more soon, by the way. Um, Let's cover some of the things that happened here. Let's talk a little bit about I know this is a couple weeks old, but. um, Booker T. Decided to have a little go at Adam Cole. Baby. Uh, Mm -hmm. about his size and his weight, which has been an ongoing kind of online joke anyway. Uh, but Booker apparently decided to basically say that if, you know, Adam Cole put on another 20 pounds, it would probably be a lot better for his career. Um, and some people agreed and some people got a little annoyed that basically Booker T was body shaming somebody. Uh, Adam Page, uh, obviously a former AEW world champion, basically came out um, after uh, Booker T kind of half apologized and then said that, you know, hey, maybe today's wrestlers are a little too soft and they couldn't handle it the way it was back in the day. Um, That was kind of his comeback to that, that, hey, he was sorry, he didn't mean anything by it, but maybe everybody's a little thin skinned nowadays. Um, I don't know who wrote this commentary, so I, I cannot give credit, but I am going to read this commentary um, as it is listed here, and then I'd I'd be interested to hear what you think about this. Uh, the commentary reads as such, I saw some clowns saying that wrestlers now couldn't hang in the earlier eras because Adam Page clapped back at Booker T, saying wrestlers today couldn't take criticism and yada yada. Dude, the oldies then couldn't take it either. They felt pressure to roid right up. They took painkillers to get by. They abandoned territories and made enemies when they thought they got screwed over on a payment. They took drugs to drown out the noise of a lonely life. They didn't raise their kids. They committed atrocities in their private lives. Their bodies quit on them, ending their lives early, and they killed themselves over psychological issues. Stop lying like they came out of their eras unscathed. So, this leads me to two great questions for you. One, um, do wrestlers really need to be jacked nowadays? And then, uh two uh are current wrestlers today too soft? hmm
1: well, the interesting thing about this whole situation is just like how things just sort of spun out of like a relatively simple interaction. right, like one wrestler from a previous era commented on the physique of another wrestler of this era. And now it's spun out into these, like, much deeper philosophical questions um, that we're we're faced with. Um, I will say this. In regards to do wrestlers need to be jacked, I think the issue comes from the physique element of wrestling is kind of the last bastion of kayfabe. Right, because through you know wrestlers having like an impressive physique or something along those lines, you're able to still sort of not excuse, but certainly use that as a talking point in terms of like, well, it's a it's a sports entertainment, these are athletes, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, anytime anyone ever says that wrestling is fake, that's usually what the response is is like a. You know, do you consider movies fake, but you still enjoy them? B, these are athletes. They're putting their bodies through hell, et cetera, et cetera. So if it's just like, A, these are just kind of dumpy people that are in the ring, Um, I don't think it takes away from wrestling at all, but it certainly could, I guess, rain on the parade of that particular talking point of like, oh, these people are putting their lot, you know, being in the peak physical condition to put their bodies through hell, et cetera, right. et cetera, versus he... Sometimes realistic uh, meme of like, "Hey, my name's Johnny Nutbuster, and I'm not afraid to die." And that's a wrestler, you know. That's, I, I think that's where it's stemming from. Is the like, you know, if you're not jacked to bejesus, then you're lazy, quote unquote, and right. you're killing kayfabe because you don't look like an athlete. So when you clothesline somebody, why would they take a bump from it? Kind right. Of thing. I think that's where I don't know if anyone has said that or put it in those terms, but I think this is where this is stemming from. Possibly. That all being said, my personal opinion is who gives a shit? Right. If you are entertaining, if you've got a great gimmick, and I am interested in what you are doing in that ring, that is all that matters. If you can't come up with a gimmick and you're just gonna steal Lex Luger's shit from you know a decade, two decades ago, three decades ago, and just be like, check out this physique and that's it. Cool. Doesn't make you a better wrestler than anybody else. So for me personally, body type does not fucking matter. Now, as me, as like a general performer in in, in the world of wrestling, I think it matters to me personally because I'm I'm fat as a house and I'm oftentimes dwarfing certain wrestlers because my head's so big and I'm like taking up two thirds of the frame. But that's my problem. That's my cross to bear. Uh that doesn't you know affect me as a loudmouth or a cartoon character. It's just that's who I am. Um so yeah I I can see where Booker T is coming from in terms of why he may think hey Adam Cole needs to put on 20 more pounds of muscle. But if Adam Cole's having fantastic matches and is entertaining people, then I don't give a shit if he's like active, if he's doing the new fucking Bastion booger gimmick and he's eating in between matches. I don't give a fuck. Right.
0: So what are your and, thoughts on this? Well, OK, so I've got a couple different ways I want to look at this. Obviously, when I got into wrestling, you know, back in the you know early 80s, in the dinosaur days, yeah, right. Forever ago. Um, during you know, during the the, the rock and wrestling era, obviously, WWE had or WWF at the time, obviously, Vince McMahon was definitely going after a certain type, Hulk Hogan, Paul Orndorf, Um, Andre, King Kong Bundy, Big John Studd. He wanted larger than life people. To represent his company and he he knew the junkyard dog he knew the type of people he was picking up and what they looked like that doesn't mean in every company in every era, you know, in every place in the um, in all the territories that that's the same type of wrestlers you were getting everywhere else. I mean, so um, so back in the day, though, yes, Vince definitely represented with his company. Uh, and made it big off of of those larger-than-life images, that doesn't necessarily mean that's even what wrestling totally was back in that day. Uh, So a lot of people are like, oh, back in the day, they were like, well, that's only one segment of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Second way I want to look at this here, um, would you agree, and you may not, that ultimately Conor McGregor, all in all, is probably – whether he's won or lost a lot recently is a pretty damn tough individual.
1: I would agree with that.
0: So if Conor McGregor were in a fight in a wrestling ring, we would have to assume based on booking and image and things like that, Conor McGregor would probably win a wrestling match. Would you agree? Yeah. Conor McGregor is five foot eight and 170 pounds. Right. So about the same height and weight as somebody like, Oh, I don't know. Adam Cole, <laughs> so and, and like, and, and as we've also probably heard, Adam Cole has been injured, which is probably part of the reason that he's been having an issue. You know, maybe not necessarily having the physique he did previously. But again, like you said, if he's having killer matches and people are enjoying what he's doing, who gives a shit if he's five, you know, five eight and one seventy, or if he's six eight and three eighty? Um if you're entertaining a crowd, that's the important part. Right. And I don't feel like that every wrestler should have to look the same and be all gigantic and monstrous because again, that gets boring. You want somebody, you, you you know, you, I personally think you need to have a bit of a difference, different looks and the like, Cause otherwise what's the point of a, a, a fan coming in to watch all the matches. Somebody's going to find something that they like throughout all of them with different looks and different styles and different gimmicks and things like that. Um, so I, I don't agree with you know that they all need to necessarily be jacked. I think if you're again, like you said, if they're putting on good matches. Um, I also think that um and this is the second time I've heard the wrestler soft thing, because didn't Undertaker say something very similar? I think uh, like so. Steve Austin's podcast. And yeah, I, I hate to say I agree with a lot of this, like especially the part that really got me was um They committed atrocities in their private lives. Their bodies quit on them, ending their lives early, and they killed themselves over psychological issues. Um, And it, it really is depressing if you really look back at the people that are like Hall of Fame wrestlers that basically died super young simply because they were doing things to try to handle their everyday lives. Kurt Henning died of a drug overdose in Florida when he was down here for a wrestling show. Uh, Rick Rude died of drugs. I do, I do believe he had an issue with drugs. Uh, I mean, we could even look at Eddie Guerrero. The whole reason Eddie Guerrero passed was because of his previous drug history. It's got to be, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, Chris Benoit committed suicide after killing his freaking family for God's sake. And I know I'm bringing up Benoit and all this, but um, yeah, the the people back in the day didn't know how to handle. I would much rather have a bunch of wrestlers that are sitting around, you know. Playing an N64 tournament and having fun that way than handling it some of the ways they did in the past, because it at least feels like the wrestlers nowadays are, are taking their mental and physical well being a lot more seriously than they were maybe back in, the, back in the day. They may have been jacked back in the day, but that doesn't mean they were healthy. Um, so,
1: well, I, I relate it to another sport, you know, football. Football gets the same rap. All oh, these kids today, you know, they're so soft and you can't hit anybody anymore. You know, you can't tackle anybody. It's all just like pussy shit and blah, 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 blah. hmm Also, what about having athletes who can like, I don't know, walk under their own power when they're like what? 40? You know? No, absolutely. Or, you know, not have... CTE so bad that their brains are fucking spilling out of their ears. Like there, if you want to call it soft because you know how you were brought up was abusive, then okay, fine. It's semantics, but I would much rather have a generation of wrestlers who don't all look like, you know, they're carved out of marble, but are at least more cognizant of their mental health and, Keeping their shit together So that we can have them around For longer and they can have full You know, hopefully Positive lives And not be like, whoops I'm fucking stabbed to death in a bathroom In, right. a fucking in the middle of nowhere Or whatever the fuck and, Or hey, I know I'm supposed to be due With this show on Saturday But whoops, a daisy I jumped to the bathtub with a fucking toaster Like, right. that's and and to to your earlier point yeah i see that in an interview undertaker back in uh, january of last year uh said uh i think the product just got a little soft there's guys here and there that have an edge to them but there's too much pretty and not enough substance i think right now right um and it's like hey man if that's how you want to frame it that's fine but i think overall um I would say that the current generation of wrestlers is certainly, I would say on the healthier side. Um, are there still wrestlers juicing? I'm sure. Are oh, there God. ones that are still pieces of shit behind the scenes? Sure. Especially in Florida.
0: Yeah. But
1: uh, by and large, do I think we're in a better place as a, as a community? I would hope so. Um the other thing I think about with this is the softness thing usually comes up when it comes down to training. That's usually when I hear about this kind of thing. Right. Where it'll be like, you know, uh, Oh, well, when I was getting trained, uh, you know, uh, Bongo McGillicuddy would make me run 10 miles And, uh, you know, he would uh, spit in my mouth every time I tried to cut a promo and, um, you know, uh, punched my mother in the gut once just to try to give me character motivation and to see if I really wanted to be a part of wrestling. Okay, well, all of that sounds awful. And Bongo McGillicuddy shouldn't have done that. Right. What he should have done is trained you how to wrestle and not hurt and not and not hurt somebody else. Not right. get hurt yourself and not hurt somebody else. And maybe, if we're lucky, teach you how to be a character. That's it. And so that's usually the other time I'm hearing, like, an old-timer wrestler be like, oh, it's soft. And I get it. You're trying to come up with a, an explanation other than, "Whoopsie a daisy I think I was a victim of abuse. Right. Because that's the other answer. Right. You know,
0: it's either – And they definitely don't want to admit that.
1: Right. Your two options are uh, the old training was better because, you know, we were really living it and, and we were genuinely tough and there was no consideration towards other people's feelings or mental health or anything like that. And, yeah, that's why we're better. Or, hey, we're all kind of part of the same thing and I come from a generation where the generation before us had a lot of unfucking resolved business and they decided to take it out on us and we didn't have the tools or the platform to voice that this was wrong and we just had to deal with it and we have to live with those scars. Well, that's a very mature answer. right? But are a lot of wrestlers going to take that? No, they're going to no. go, ah, the old way was better.
0: Yeah. And the funny part is you have to wonder with – even, and even kind of looking at the thing I was just reading, you know, obviously I was reading earlier about them using drugs And How much, how much of that do you think started from the, the, the way they handled training? Like you just said.
1: Oh, like that was like the nucleus.
0: Right. How much of that abuse later on, on their personal lives and the like, do you think was kind of almost like beaten into their heads in training that like, you know, the, Hey, you got to be tough and you can't like, you know, you got to keep kayfabe and you can't show and we're going to run the 10 miles. And like you said, spit in your mouth. Every time you cut a promo, how much of that abuse may be caused what, what we're then dealing with later on down the line with them getting out there.
1: So not only that, I think it was, you know, both literally beaten into them and figuratively, figuratively beaten into them because I'm sure there were fucking trainers that that was part of the curriculum. Was right. like, and this is how you do a body slam, and this is how you do a leg sweep, and this is how you cut a promo. Okay, well, I think my ankle might be broken. What's the protocol for this? Oh, you work hurt, kid. That's just yeah. part of the gig. What oh, are you a pussy? Right. okay, well, that sounds awful. I don't know how I'm going to be able to get through this match because it's in a lot of pain. Oh, well, you take drugs. That's how you do that. What are you, right. stupid? You take drugs. Yeah. That's what they're there for. Oh, okay. Um, I remember there was a joke that uh, Kevin Nash who I'm not throwing in the in the shit heap. I'm saying Kevin Nash has pulled the ultimate face turn of all time. He is actually a very cool dude by everything I can see online and, yeah. and and stories. Um, but he was doing a shoot interview a million years ago, and he said that uh he was in the locker room for the first time in a long time with like a locker room just Uh-oh. full of young wrestlers and he had a little bottle of Tylenol with him and didn't say anything. He just sat down and to himself, he like shook the bottle of Tylenol and he said, nobody moved. He goes, if this had been the 1980s, 1990s, and you heard a bottle with pills shaken, they came from miles around to say, Hey, "Hey, what are we we taking boys? What's going on? He goes, I shook it in that locker room and nobody moved a muscle. And all I thought was, This business is fucking dying, man, which is a joke. That's a, that's a funny, that's a funny thing, but But, like he's not being serious about the business dying because people aren't as addicted to drugs, but it still has a nugget of truth to it of like, yeah, I'm sure that was the case. I'm sure when like in the fucking heyday, you come in with a bottle of, you know, Soma or whatever. I'm sure there was a conga line waiting to come shake your hand and hopefully get one like that. That was the nature of the beast. And that's not okay. Um, That's not healthy and so you know it, it again like um like that one commentary you you mentioned earlier it, it's one of those cases where yes it was a different time and maybe they didn't know or maybe but even if they did th- th- that was the culture was hey you, the candle that for that burns twice as bright burns half as long man you you get the spotlight when you can and Whatever happens after that is is future use problem. And it's like, okay, well, that is a fucked up way to live. Right. Um, don't do that. And try to have a, as much of a long, happy life as you can. But again, it comes back to, it's like with anything. It's like with people, not even wrestlers. You go, hey, this guy is kind of an asshole. Well, do you think he just woke up like that? Or do you think there's maybe some things that have caused him to be an asshole? Right. Well, if you ask him, he probably just says, oh, people suck, and I push back on it. Okay, is that it? Or are you a vict- are you a, a result of XYZ abuse or whatever circumstances, and as such, you're just kind of a piece of shit now? Right. Well, yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of cases of that. So, But nobody wants to say that. wants <laughs> to no come out and go, right. hey, I'm, uh, I'm Bongo McGillicuddy. Uh, I'm a huge victim of uh, abuse and trauma and so as such i'm a fucking feral animal now and i don't really know how to handle people or social situations so i apologize in advance no people are just like hey take it or leave it you know if you can't handle me on my worst you don't deserve me i'm a best or whatever other bullshit there is so i don't know man if you want to say wrestlers now are soft
0: cool who'd you ever beat that's yeah. <laughs> that's the question no. <laughs> Though I would like to state for the record, I do have Bongo McGillicuddy's picture autographed actually in my uh, in collector's the office. item. That it is a collector's, collector's item. item. Yeah, so that's depressing.
1: So what else do we have to
0: talk about? Uh I well, it's, it's also depressing. Uh there was a little bit of a pushback on our on our uh, one of our favorites from when we referenced to a lot, uh Effie, uh, where yeah. somebody somebody kind of gave a called basically called Effie a comedy wrestler, and of course said yeah. it with like the most so, miserable way possible. So, so
1: yeah, I saw that. So what? What basically happened was, um, what it was. they what had happened was, um, they can't. This person. There was a big discussion on some. I think it was on Reddit or something like that. Probably. And it was sort of like, where does GCW go from here? Because they've kind of been hot potatoing their title with like bigger named wrestlers from other companies, and then they they can't free up a schedule. So then it's this sort of are we just sort of a star fucker company or are we building talent? Like, where are we going with this? And so this one individual kind of came up with like a, I don't want to make it an, an I don't want to insult and say like, Oh, armchair quarterback, but sort of like armchair dream book to like how he would put the title on Effie because the, the, the answer was not, Oh, the, how do you get the title on Effie? Uh, you put the title on Effie right now. Do it right. right now in front of God and everybody. No, it was, oh, well, you'd have to turn him from a comedy wrestler into a serious wrestler, which would take several months, and uh, he'd have to drop uh, his tag team partner of Alley Cat uh, or Alley Catch now, I think is her name. Um Alley Catch, correct? Yeah. Uh they'd have to break up Bussy and then he'd have to become a serious wrestler basically over the course of a year, and then realistically Effie could become champion at that point, and it would be believable, and everybody would love it, and there'd be world peace and yada yada yada. Um, and so I I don't know. It, it it I don't know what kind of response he got on Reddit, but I know that the response that it got on other social media platforms was yes, that's all well and good, but Effie's not a fucking comedy wrestler, and even right. if Effie was a comedy wrestler, there's nothing fucking wrong with comedy wrestlers, and you can put a goddamn world title on a comedy wrestler.
0: Right? If and done so, right, you you a thousand percent could. Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. And I, and I guess here's the thing, though. There's also, you know, much like anything else we've talked about today, there there is a like a level of like comedy wrestlers, like. Right, true, there's, true. there's, there. You know, there, there's a spectrum of comedy wrestlers as well. Like now, like, do I think the WWE could have like put the world title on like Santino Marella at one point? Maybe, maybe not. Like he was, he was popular enough that they probably really could have if they wanted to. Um, but like, how much you would take that seriously kind of becomes the question mark from there. But like. I I've never looked at Effie on the same like comedic level as somebody like Santino Morella. Don't get me wrong. Effie can be hysterical in the ring when he wants to, right. but we've seen him be super serious in the ring too. Like it can, it can definitely like he's got range, <laughs> which, which more wrestlers should have more of quite honestly, to be able to do comedy from time to time. And, and, you know, um, uh, well I don't and, know. But
1: and and here's one of those things too is you're absolutely right. There is there is a level to it, there is a, a spectrum, as you said. But like even perfect example. Um the day we're recording this, there was a big thing about Larry Sweeney today. Was there? Yeah.
0: Like Sweeney Wednesday was uh was trending on Twitter. Yeah, but say I'd be very curious to know why Sweeney Wednesday was trending. Because don't get me wrong. You know me, I'm a huge Larry Sweeney fan. So Yeah, I don't
1: I don't know where it stemmed from, but basically it was just sort of like a um a showcasing of just various Larry Sweeney moments. Now, I was not as familiar with Larry Sweeney as you are. Right. And so my beginning middle and end of Larry Sweeney was all basically Chikara, which is Right. He's this like larger than life kind of almost a throwbacky sort of character, uh-huh. um, but was, like, very entertaining and lively and, and and all that. And I was suddenly seeing promos from, like, other companies where he was serious as shit. And yeah. um, I was taken aback. I was like, oh, my God. But proved your point. Like, just because you happen to have a certain gimmick or certain way of wrestling in one company doesn't mean that that's what you're stuck with. If you were creative enough and you are putting forth the effort and, and, and the confidence, you can rotate out whatever you want and whatever the match dictates. So, you know, I, I, I absolutely as soon as I saw what was coming up with this kind of dream booking of Effie as GCW champion, I was like, yeah, just put it on him. That's, the, right. that's the magic trick. Just put the fucking title on him. Well, there do, you go.
0: How do you make Effie GCW champion? You have him fight the champion and win. And, and the place and the place will go crazy.
1: Right. Um, because Effie's that entertaining. Now, obviously, we are fucking super biased. We love Effie. We've worked with Effie. Like, Effie's amazing. But I don't give a shit who it is. It, right. Comedic character or not. Like you said, if we're giving it benefit of the doubt, and you go, okay, well, you can't just, like, just out of nowhere have him beat the champion. Okay, fine. Just put effort into telling the story and you can do it. Right. And just be like, Hey, maybe there's like two matches that whatever, whatever, maybe, you know, they're the underdog the first time around and yada, yada, you know, and, and just because someone's a comedic wrestler doesn't mean that they can't have a moment of seriousness. Right. Because that'll mean that much more. If you have like the, Oh, now it's, now it's go time. Then, you know, then that, that's going to carry more weight than somebody who's just, oh, I'm just serious business all the time, and now it's time to get serious. Okay, well, you're always right. serious, so what does that even mean? Right. I mean, and
0: let me ask you this too. I, I okay. do believe. I think I saw this match. Um, Fe fought Nick Gage at one point of time. I believe so. Yeah, and and held his own. I don't think he ended up winning the match because I believe the GCW title was on Nick Gage at the time. But um, the audience through that entire match, was in belief that Effie could win it. Effie put up a good showing on that one, didn't do a bunch of comedy or anything like that one, because he's fighting Nick Gage, which doesn't necessarily beget a comedy match. So again, why why does that, you know, well, the fact that he can be funny sometimes make make a difference? And it's it's true, like cases, you said, it's true for anybody.
1: It's one of those cases where Effie really does transcend just like the typical genre, because... Right. There was, you know, there was definitely a time where Effie, like there was, there's like been different eras of Effie because <laughs> there was definitely a time where Effie was, there was like deathmatch Effie for a while. Right. There was, um I refuse to cut my own promos because my opponents are not carrying their part of the bargain so therefore i'm gonna go on fiverr oh god yeah and... it was
0: fiverr effie i remember that. yeah
1: <laughs> so there's like always been different eras of effie and so that being said even in a war against nick gage th- that could have been effie's night and i think it's still believable because effie believes it and that's really what it comes down to is you as a wrestler you as a performer if you believe it then you make sure you believe it 110% so that the crowd can go with you on that journey, regardless of what it is. If it's right. Good guy, bad guy. If it's, you know, uh, a comedy match, if it's a fucking serious death match, you need to buy into it first. And then the crowd will go with you on that journey. If you're like half ass in it, then why is anybody going to go with you on
0: this? And you know what the funny part is I wonder how many wrestlers nowadays and it's probably a lot like get in gear and get themselves ready and get themselves ready to go out there and only believe it to the extent of almost like you know you know uh, you know us when we were kids you know, dressing up like, a you know, the, the wrestler we thought we were going to be type of deal mm-hmm. or our EFED, you know, like our EFED characters, like right, we all right. did EFEDs back in the day. I think there's a bunch of people that are cosplaying wrestlers and cosplaying their gimmicks without actually believing it as much as like somebody like Effie does.
1: Yeah, and um, I think that'll always be an obstacle in their way. If they don't make that kind of commitment, then I think you're always going to have that hesitation. And I think it's going to come through in your work. Um, I think it's a situation where there are wrestlers who, in my opinion, focus on the wrong things in wrestling. Of course. Like, we've talked about it at nauseum, that we both know of young wrestlers who are still within, I don't know, their first two years of wrestling and are heartbroken by losses.
0: And not like a,
1: oh, they hate to lose way in a, they're taking this as a personal thing against them way. Right. That is never going to be important. Wins and losses is never going to be important. Right. What's going to be important is, are you telling a story? Are you fully committed to whatever it is that you're doing? That's important. Because like you said, if you're just cosplaying as a wrestler That is going to come through in your work. One way or the other. And the audience will pick up on it. Uh There will come a time. Where you are going to hit a wall. Because you're not. You're not putting forth that effort. And that doesn't mean like you can't have a day job. Like Brutal Bob always talks about that. Like hey no have other shit going on. Have a regular job. Make your money. Enjoy your passion when you can. Right, That's fine. I'm not saying like if you're not wrestling every day. Then you're just not fucking taking it serious. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is. When it's go time, however often or however rare that may be, you need to be 100% committed and 100% confident in what you are in that moment or you're going to run into problems. Right. Now, that being said, I do want to jump to another topic here. It's sometimes difficult to be 100% confident in what you are or what you are doing, especially when certain corners of the internet decide to put their sights on you. So recently there was a money in the bank, uh, pay-per-view of WWE. Yep. And during the ladies money, uh, money in the bank ladder match, uh, Shotzi Blackheart, uh, had a couple of missed moments in the match. Uh, one of which was just sort of on her and, and, and she looked a little silly. And then the other one was a little bit bigger of an oopsie daisy. and, um, obviously, again, not done on purpose Could have been worse Could have gotten somebody hurt But everybody was fine So it's all good Two botches In that match But right. Not the end of the world However Some parts of the internet With an axe to grind Decided that this was going to be the catalyst For their uh, you know, uh, uh, Huge assault And decided to start trying to like basically start a groundswell campaign to like get her fired from her gig. Right. Because she's unsafe and what an asshole and she could have gotten people hurt and she's not taking this job serious enough and yada, yada, yada. And so that was the big thing to the point where Shotzi deactivated her her social media.
0: And... Ah. I guess only her Twitter, because I or think only she's still on I think that's Insta. where it was coming from the most.
1: Yes, you're right. Yeah,
0: of course it was. Because um, Twitter ultimately is a cesspool, let's be yeah. honest. Most of the time it is, so. So,
1: point being, I actually went and I watched what the two botches were, and I was like, that's it? That's what we're fucking calling for this this individual's head for? These two moments? Um, and I'm sure there's something else underneath that. I, I had seen something about how... I guess she had made a joke about Chris Jericho or something like that taking a bump weirdly or something. So maybe it was a like AEW people looking for revenge, who knows. Wrestling fans can be petty like that. But bottom line, it's some minor flubs that suddenly calling for someone's termination was on the table all of a sudden. Right. And then you would actually mention before we started recording that there were some other similar kind of things Going on uh, in terms of other wrestlers kind of voicing like, oh, yeah, I've had this and this done or what have you.
0: Yeah, Rhea Ripley had come out because basically, you know, people were saying one person actually said that she should be abused was legitimately something that she. Which uh, what the the fuck kind
1: of, uh, you know, insult slash threat is that like that's. It's like a space alien said that. Like, what? You you should be abused. Like, what? 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 what?
0: Yeah, no, that's horrible. And then, um, oh, I'm trying to think. There was uh, something else out there as well too, and now I'm blanking on what it was. But yeah, Rhea and, and Shotzi were the two that somebody knocked on somebody's yeah. window. Oh yeah, some a fan walked up to Bianca Belair when when they were after they had left the arena. Um, but they were like not anywhere near the arena anymore. So it's basically almost like somebody basically followed them, so they could come up and knock on their knock on the door, knock on the window to try to get a picture or an autograph or something, and apparently scared the living shit out of her. Which, correctly, so you don't right, expect yeah, which Rando is an appropriate response. It class. So, I, it's just, it kills me how certain wrestling fans think they i don't know deserve so much more than they do some days like you know a, a part of the social media thing is just people that are can like say it and be behind the screen and not actually be in front of that person um so like Shotzi getting called to get fired uh, ria getting called you know she should be abused that type of stuff is just things that people wouldn't have the guts to say if they were standing in front of them, but you know will of course spout it on Twitter or you know wherever else have you um and then bianca's kind of similar to a, get a lot of people who like approach people you know like if you accidentally if you bump into a wrestler in an airport and you you and they're willing to give you an autograph, great, but if you're stalking them at an airport so that you can get an autograph that's
1: or camping out in their hotel or. Right you know, any of those types of behaviors. So. It's very it. odd. Very, very yeah. odd. And again, don't get me wrong. Like there are plenty of shitty people in wrestling. I'm not saying that they're all like benevolent little <laughs> angel babies. Right. That of nobody should ever say ill will towards, but I'm just saying like th- the situation is such that like, Hey man, sometimes mistakes happen in, right. the ring, in the ring and nobody got hurt. Okay, great. That's the best you could hope for. When something like that happens, why are we doing this? Right. Oh, hey, you didn't get a chance to to see your favorite wrestler at the show or the meet and greet. Bummer. There will be another option somewhere down the line. Right. You don't need to play, you know, drive angry and follow them to God knows where just to, like, bug them while they're still in their car. Like, come on.
0: Right. And I mean, and you can pick out like every wrestler has had one moment where they've probably botched something. It happened. Um, on top of it, you can pick out other wrestlers that have probably botched a lot more. I bet you, if you went to that person who like, you know, was calling for shots, he's had, uh, on a silver platter and to be fired. If you went up, it's like, Hey, you a Sabu fan. I bet you'd be like, yeah, Sabu was fucking amazing. Yeah. He used to fuck up moves all the time. I used to go to the ECW arena all the time. It would be constantly like, you know, having to reset and restart and stuff. Like, uh, probably the you fucked up chant that the ECW fans used to do all the time probably s- started with some of Sabu's moves. I mean, it's just, it's what happens. It, it's, it should be the overall thought of the match and the like, and if you can get past that one little thing, then get fucking past it. And calm down.
1: Uh, well, yeah, and it's, it's one of those cases as well of like, that's the that's the magic of, of live performance, you know? Of like, course. That is part of it. It's like, hey, yeah, things may not go 100% perfect every single time. And that's part of the draw of this. And so, and it's ridiculous. It's one of those things where, like, of all the things in wrestling to suddenly take away too seriously, this is what we're going to do. We're going to demand someone be fired because they goofed up one and a half times in a match. Uh, you know, we're gonna stalk these performers. Like, what relax everyone, just enjoy, just watch your favorite thing, don't watch the thing that you don't like, and just chill out. That's that's, that's the key here. And if you, if you're if that sounds soft because it's this generation and you're supposed to just like, you know, I don't know, bottle up your emotions and then have them kill you at an early age or something like that because that's right. how you're. That's the old way of doing it? Well, then, I don't know what to tell you. Right. Let's keep that the old way of doing it, then. Yeah. I mean, please. If if, if it's too soft for you, then call up Bongo McGillicuddy and have him spit in your mouth. I don't know. Bongo! Uh, That's the third Bongo, folks. We nailed it. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, that's it. That's that's all I've got here. Um, Wrestling is horribly depressing. Sometimes. Um, Sometimes made only worse by its own fans. So, great work. Um where what 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 are we doing? What are we doing? Oh uh this Sunday, uh July the 10th, FIP in full force in Scenic, not quite Clearwater, Florida. Uh I will be there in attendance uh doing commentary. Uh also if you happen to be watching any of the WWN Proving Ground series, I've been popping up on commentary there. You can hear me be a cartoon character uh, through your streaming option. It's free to watch uh, Proving Ground. And also uh, Pride of Wrestling POW Aftermath on July the 23rd. I will be there in attendance as my first uh, ring announcing gig for POW. Very nice. Uh, former guest of the Uncast Buckshot is having to stay, step away from the ring for an extended period of time. So I am filling
0: in. So we'll see how that goes. That's in Seminole, Florida. And if you want to, if you come out to that one, you'll probably see me in the audience. Once again, I'll probably be the only person
1: wearing, wearing a mask. A mask. Uh, so. At that point, you really should just make it a full blown lucha mask. And that's not as like uh, I'm not being like a maga guy. I'm just saying the mask is literally becoming your gimmick because everyone else is an idiot. So right. you really should just go full force and just become like the medically safe santo or
0: something like that because you're <laughs> medically carrying the torch and i will have to see what masks i have here that i can wear the problem is you know what the biggest problem is with going the lucha mask though is definitely the glasses so that's I I need, I need to get somebody uh, who can make me a lucha mask that will cover my mouth so that's covered but still give me breathability in it uh but then have a spot for my glasses so I can slide my like a little you know hole what? steps out. So I can slide my glasses out.
1: Wasn't Ophidians like later masks kind of like that?
0: Could they have one where it was like cover the mouth but show the eyes, I think. I'd have to look that up. I that I would remember. be I would go in the Ophidian mask. That would be good. But yeah, I will completely go like l- I'll go Lucha, uh, you know, lucha health. Uh I'm I'm exactly. not against that in the least. There was Uh, never, like, a Dr. Luchador,
1: right? I'm just kidding. I know that there were several. Um, There was, yeah, thousands of them. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great wrestling medical community, okay? Uh, Anywho, (laughs) uh, so, yeah, those are my two appearances that I'll be showing up at uh, wrestling-wise for now. Also, uh, Spooky Empire, the Halloween uh, horror convention in Orlando, is coming up in October, obviously. And so Luna and myself will have a uh, big old booth there. Well, she'll be slinging her fantastic art. I'll be slinging VHS tapes, and we'll be, you know, meeting and greeting and all that good stuff. So, very nice. Little, little projects flying around. Um, check Brainbuster Video on uh, social media, especially on Instagram. That one I'm actually like doing a business Instagram versus Twitter, where I'm still just I'm me and I'm boring. Uh, yeah, follow that for more weird VHS stuff. And I, and while you're on social media, more importantly than
0: that, follow the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network. That's right. Uh, VWNRN on uh, both uh, Twitter and, uh, I believe, the Facebook. Uh, I don't think we've made one for Insta yet. We should probably make a one for Instagram at some point. Uh, but uh, you can also follow IndyCast at INDYKAST on all social media. Uh, so look around, say hi. Uh, we'll be, uh, we'll be glad to talk and be glad to chat. We're always interested in hearing what you think. Uh, and you should go buy uh, our merch and wrestling nerd merch and other awesome wrestler merch, uh, at fullygimmick.com. They're actually having their seventh anniversary sale. That's right. right. About now. Um, so if you want to buy, uh, Fully gimmicked merchandise. It's already thirty percent off. With uh, you don't even need a coupon or anything. They'll just give you thirty percent off right off the bat there. So
1: yeah, we've uh, dropped a bunch of new designs uh, for the fully gimmicked brand. Uh, so we'll see if we'll see if anyone wants to wants to support the brand. Uh, the support the brand that supports wrestlers. There you go. Uh, so yeah, that that's that's it for me. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you everyone for subscribing. Uh, wrestling fans who are shitty, please get better. Uh, yeah. or old wrestlers who are banned. bitter and say that everyone's soft now, please get better. And everyone out there, just you know, do whatever be you can to make life a little better.
0: <laughs> Stop being a jackass, be better. goddamn. That, that's <laughs> also true. So, well, uh, until next time, everybody, uh, I am as always, Coculus Maximus. I am default name Zach Romero. <laughs> and until next time, everybody, we always say see see see. hope I don't poop today. Hercules Mulligan! A jump scare is the Canadian destroyer of horror films.
1: Pardon me. Might I suck my own dick for a second?
0: I'm ready to greet the day, you what
1: fucker. Fuck? Every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision.
0: <laughs> it's that dirty-ass Meryl Streep. We it's are good. more touching wieners, Not touching wieners too. professionally.
1: Ric Flair said fuck a six-pack, and he never lost an ounce of pussy. What I am
0: is a big, queer, stone-cold Steve Austin. Loved it.
1: Birds don't give a fuck about your life.